Welcome to Digfin Vox, the podcast brought to you by Digital Finance Media. Digfin is an online media platform covering the people and organizations using technology to transform financial services. The DTCC, that's the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, is undertaking a blockchain initiative for handling repo agreements. If it goes forward, it'll mark the second blockchain-related project that the DTCC has taken on. So what is an organization that was created to be a central clearinghouse to ensure the physical settlement of securities trades? Mucking about with blockchain, a technology designed specifically to create a secure, non-centralized structure for financial transactions. Today we talk to James DiBiazio, editor-in-chief of Digital Finance Media, to find out. So, James, the DTCC, it's interesting because they're kind of like in the paperwork business, right? Yes. They're, they're the people who are ensuring physical settlement of securities trades, making sure that the paper actually reaches the new owner and that the um, old, uh, the seller gets paid. Right? Yeah. Blockchain could theoretically lower their costs, but I mean, it's kind of like letting the genie out of the bottle as they're the center of you know, they're a centralized transaction handling service that is looking at playing around with technology that could conceivably uh, disintermediate them, right? Yes. I mean, if there's anybody, if there's any organization that's got intermediary, please disrupt me uh, on it. It's probably DTCC. <laughs> Um, only by because of the, the very, you know, I guess the other one you could point to is maybe like Swift or something. But the, you know, the. The, the nature of of modern financial markets, somebody's had to create these uh, centralized processes and uh, to, to make sure that, that trades settle on time and, and to have, you know, maintain confidence and, and efficiency in, in the system, the plumbing, right? And these guys are the ultimate plumbers of, of finance. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, so, yes, on paper, you could say that blockchain is – a massive threat, you know, why don't, you know, why do we need these guys, you know, just put it all on the blockchain, it's simple. Um, but of course, it's, it's not that simple. Um, and it's interesting when you talk to uh, DTCC, I had the um, chance to meet Larry Thompson, who's vice chairman, uh, based in New York, he was visiting Hong Kong. And uh, he was generous with his time to explain to me, the thinking at why they're using it themselves and some of the the pros and cons of blockchain. And I've also been hanging out with uh, some of the geekier elements uh, at meetups and, uh, and Bitcoin enthusiast groups, learning a lot more about blockchain and uh, the, the, you know, the, the better I begin to understand it, you know, you, you do begin to appreciate it has its own set of limitations. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a really interesting technology and when applied well, I think it will, it can, it can do really great things, uh, particularly in the, in the realm of transparency, uh, and, and the audit trail and, and time stamping, uh, transactions and moving records around. Uh, but, um, but it, it, it has its own weaknesses and we can talk about those. Uh, I, well, why don't we dive into them and, and make the um, sale to me that DTCC is uh, ultimately going to remain relevant in a blockchain world? Probably the biggest reason why DTCC will remain relevant is because it nets trades down. 
that's one of the the, the, the clearinghouse side of it is uh, is very important to to that. So because it's a centralized system, you've got all transactions, you know, the, the va- all, all the U.S. transactions and many international transactions co- go through DTCC every day. So they are they're not the only player in the world that does this sort of thing, but they are by far the largest. And they take all of these different trades with all these different counterparties, some of which can be quite complex. You know, any given bank or buy side uh, or a broker is, is trading with many people throughout the day, sometimes the same people, sometimes different people, sometimes with related trades, sometimes unrelated trades, but they've got money in and money out, money in, money out, all kinds of uh, different transactions. DTCC will, right. their systems can distill all of that down, net use, so you know at the end of the day, uh, Dave, uh, you owe Jame or Jame owes Dave X, and as opposed to having to figure out every single transaction. So they, they net it down, and they have a 99% netting rate. So that means that if they're doing 120 to up to 150 million transaction processes every day, they can net that down to 12 million to 15 million actual trades that get done uh, because that's the the ultimate result of all of that activity. Blockchain is that a is that a benefit to the the buyers and sellers or is that a benefit to DTCC? Well, both. But I mean, it's it's a you know the ability to net. Uh, if you couldn't net, the complexity would be overwhelming. Uh, mm-hmm. And it would take you far, far longer to settle everything. This way, you only have to do one transaction with your given counterparty. So you and I, over the course of the day, we could have quite a few different transactions, uh, or a quite, a f- um, or, or even just one derivative might have several legs to it. So uh, you know, one one contract. So <clears throat> at the end of the day, instead of you and I having to go, okay, you give me five, and then I give you ten, and then I have to give you another ten, and then you give me five. It just at the end of the day, boom. Okay, uh, JMO's Dave twenty, and and that's the one mm-hmm. transaction that actually has to then be processed, yeah, because that represents the days, the, you know, summation of the days. No, no, no. I I get that. Yeah, that that certainly sounds like a benefit to the the counterparties and it's of much, any given transaction. It's much cheaper and more efficient, and uh, you know, and, and possible to to do such a heavy heavy volume of transactions on a daily basis. If you didn't have netting, it'd be it'd be a real mess. Uh, at least in the current centralized. Pr- uh, system that we that we rely on today, uh, b- blockchain cannot net its transaction by transaction. That's the way it's been set up. Uh, it it it's possible. It, it's theoretically possible that someone can come up with a way to to provide netting within blockchain uh, or or distributed ledger, but it hasn't been done yet. So, to the extent that uh, that you require netting, uh, blockchain is not necessarily the best way to go and blockchain is is slow actually uh you know people don't realize it but blockchain is is a slower process because of the distributed nature and the way that it you have to the, the creation of of blocks through the mining process uh and the consensus mechanism with all the nodes on the network that have to basically you know validate that that block uh, it you know in in the case of Bitcoin's blockchain, it takes um, you know they create a block every ten minutes. Private versions, distributed ledgers using uh, that are not in a Bitcoin system, can do this a lot faster. Uh, but still, it's it's not yet at the point where you could consider it real time. Maybe, maybe we'll get there, but um, mm-hmm. but 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 
when you're talking about the scale of transaction processing that a DTCC or even some of its brethren, uh, like the, the clearinghouse in, in the UK and, and so on, have to do, it's um, you know blockchain is just way does not have the scale today uh, to to meet these needs. Uh, given those shortfalls, and, and given the fact that it sounds like the current system uh, is working relatively well, uh, what is the DTCC going? How are they going to make use of of uh, the distributed ledger technology? There are the, the, the overall the system works in the sense that it is uh, you know it, it hasn't crashed when we've had uh, financial crises. Um, Performed well in 2008. It's, it's performed well. It's you know it's it's been tested. It's it's road tested. It's it's handled stress. It can handle volumes uh, at, at and it's it's you know the current legacy systems can handle greater volumes. The uh, but it is a mess of us. You know it's a real talk about a, a bowl of spaghetti. I mean trying to you know the the number of of different players that go into the pre and particularly the post trade. Uh, confirmation, reconciliation, all these processes which involve many different players. Uh, you know, it's it's very complicated. In theory, blockchain could could simplify some of that, which would be which would be good for the industry, probably not for individual providers. Uh, the most immediate issue is, I think. Well, okay, I think DTCC realizes that they are sort of in the gun sights of of disintermediation, so they would rather themselves make sure that they're on top of that process, not get left behind. So they're taking a pretty progressive pr approach uh, and, and, and figuring out this technology themselves uh, so that they, they understand it and they can use it. There are parts of their business where blockchain they think could make sense. And those are two areas that you know they explained to me uh, why they've been doing this. Uh, in the case of credit derivatives, uh, they built a, a an expensive warehouse uh, to to uh, sort of a repository for for information around uh, derivative credit derivative contracts. Uh, but since the financial crisis, the volume, particularly of credit default swaps, has has fallen a lot. A lot of that is due to regulatory constraints uh, on on banks. The banks are no longer writing so many of these contracts. So basically, you know, they've built this big infrastructure to handle credit derivatives and there's just not that many credit derivatives being processed but their costs their fixed costs are, are high so they're looking at maybe they can use blockchain to uh, reduce uh, the costs and including I suppose headcount in that particular part of their of their business um, and similarly with with repo they've got a, a piece of uh, the repurchase agreements with uh, big part of liquidity provision in in uh, global capital markets, um, and uh, again they they felt that this was an area where they could uh, you know uh, reduce costs and um, and come up with a a better a better process in that specific field. And and my story on the website sort of talks in a little more detail about that. The, given the cons, uh, which sound pretty significant. Uh, I mean, if you were going to think of a system that was going to be disintermediated, disintermediated by blockchain, this seems like it would be the poster child for that. But if it's too slow uh, to at this point to serve that purpose, uh, you know, is the hype around blockchain really uh, is it uh, does it make sense? 
I think blockchain will make sense, but it's going to make sense in applied situations. And we have a number of consortium or in-house projects to, to build uh, distributed ledger technology, uh, not necessarily around Bitcoin itself, uh, but to create ways to, to, make, to make this work for people. And everyone in the industry is waiting to see use case like you know who's actually going to use this thing at, at scale and that's what makes dtcc interesting because they're big they are a big firm and they are actually diving into this they are you know if not the first and among the first to to actually create actual you know real blockchain projects that they're trying to that are now being you know implemented you know they're trying to integrate it into their systems and so on so what you know to you know keeping an eye on them is, is definitely uh is definitely important uh there are a number of consortia. Uh, some of the public ones would include Hyperledger, uh, which is part of Linux Foundation. So it's open sourced. Uh, it's public. Uh, it's um, there's there's a number of technology companies, including IBM, uh, which are developing blockchain applications within the Hyperledger community, and that's really just a community around governance and communication. It's open, and one reason that DTCC is working with IBM under the Hyperledger Governance Foundation uh, for their project is they want to be sure that whatever technology emerges is something that all the banks have access to, everybody can plug into it because they are themselves a utility and so they want this to have a utility-like feature um, and so it becomes something that is, is good for the industry as a whole, not just for particular companies. Um, another one is called Ethereum Enterprise Alliance. So this is the Ethereum group which uh, emerged as a uh, competitor to to blockchain they've got their own currency called ether um, and in my you know the very rough difference is that ethereum enterprise uh you know it's 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 been built with a more uh, application enterprise application in mind the smart contracts are, are are more easily integrated into the into that so there's uh, many banks technology companies, blockchain developers working in, in that. Um, and then there's R3, which is serving as an advisor to DTCC's project. R3 is a, a consortium of banks uh, and, and and some insurance companies as well that is developing its own blockchain project called Corda. Uh, and then you've got, there's, there's a similar one in Japan uh, with many Japanese as well as international uh, financial institutions involved in that project. Uh, and then you've got a lot of the big banks are doing in-house research or projects. Um, I wrote a story uh, about a insurance fintech called Galileo, and they're using a blockchain called Quorum, which is developed by J.P. Morgan. So you have, uh, you know, you have a whole range of of players doing this. Another one is called uh, Digital Asset, which is the DTCC is has is the one that is looking exploring with DTCC whether they can use their blockchain expertise for uh, the repo part of the DTC business. And that is uh, run by a woman named Blythe Masters. She's extremely well known in the industry, ex-JP Morgan uh, derivatives background. And her company is also working with the Australia Stock Exchange, which is also trying to implement a blockchain project for its uh, settlement processes. So there's um, there's, there's quite a, a few of these different groups uh, who are in the mix. And so I think you know, applications will come out of this and there will be uh, 
you know, interesting ways that that distributed ledgers or blockchain get get used. It has the advantages of transparency. The consensus system allows trust among people who otherwise don't trust one another. Uh, it's got a lot of security, nice security issues. Smart contracts can let you do very interesting things efficiently. They can really cut costs, and it can be much more secure. But it, you know, it. It operates within its own world. It's not easy to integrate into status quo systems and infrastructure, and the technology still needs to become faster, and uh, and needs to be tested for scale, for reliability. You know, it's you know we, we still need to see how it really works in the real world. Very interesting. Uh, so, if all goes according to plan, uh, the DTCC will be. Uh, hopefully disintermediated by themselves. Yes, that right? that's, that's it. They, that's, that's, that is the plan. Uh, wishing you good luck uh, in your efforts to disintermediate yourself. <laughs> um, well, you know, it, it, you know, no one's been uh, disintermediated quite as, as, as much as journalists. So uh, <laughs> we're living in a you know, brave new world time for, for us hacks. You know, you actually, I mean, in a way, uh, launching uh, your publication, you, you've kind of um, a little bit disintermediated yourself, uh, <laughs> in, in fact. Yeah, that's what my wife um, says. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jam. I always learn a lot from these episodes, and this one was no exception. If you'd like to learn more about the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation and its blockchain initiative for handling repo agreements, go to www.digitalfinancemedia, that's one word, .com to learn more. All the articles at Digital Finance Media are free, but you have to register. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast of Digital Finance Media. I'm guest host, Dave Zweifler. If you enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to give us a good rating and share it on social media so your friends can find it too. This is Digfin Vox.